We are now welcoming a very special guest that I didn't know we had in our city, our own urban ecologist for the Wellington City Council, Mifanwi Emini. Welcome to B-Side Stories on Access Radio. Thank you, lovely to be here. Yay, it's very good to have you. And now you've brought some very special guests in for us today. I have, I have. I've brought some of my geckos along because I just happened to be taking them to a school this morning. Oh. So it worked out very nicely they could come and visit here as well. I, t- I have never actually held a gecko like that before. So that was pretty amazing. And the colours are amazing. Oh, they're absolutely gorgeous. And one of the lovely things about having them and being able to bring them out is lots of people don't even know right. that we have geckos here in Wellington. And so actually enabling them to, to hold them and yeah. interact with them, uh, it, it just allows them that sort of more intimate experience which is quite exciting and the um yeah quite something you wouldn't I won't forget I don't think that lovely little feeling quite furry almost aren't yeah, they they're, they're very soft, soft. Yeah. yeah very soft and where would they hang out well we have forest geckos and green geckos and common geckos and in the past, they would have hung out really across the city. We also have five species of skink, so we've got right. a few lizards in Wellington. We're quite lucky. Uh, we have lots of common geckos still around our coastal areas, right. and we still have green geckos and forest geckos in areas like Otari Wilton's Bush Yay. and Kandala Park and within Zealandia. So we don't have quite the numbers that we used to, but yeah. um, they certainly they're still out there. But as you will have seen, they're, with their colours, they're so well camouflaged and they're quite small, so they are quite difficult to find. So who doesn't have trouble finding them? The ones that don't have trouble finding them. Our little geckos, they are designed to be camouflaged. And so they're sort of designed more for bird predators who hunt visually. So uh, they're also quite smelly. Not so much to us, but of course we've got our lovely suite of mammalian predators that we have here in um, in New Zealand. So we've got our our rats and our mustelids, our ferrets, stoats, weasels, uh, mice, cats. So they all can, can easily hunt the geckos by and the skinks and yeah so so they would be the ones that have the least amount of trouble finding them right okay and there we go back to back to what we were talking about for um the conservation awards with the predators mm. being still the number one one of our number one issues Absolutely. but we what does your role of an urban ecologist entail Oh, I, I love my role, yeah. I'll just say. I, no, um, I noticed that the other day when I was talking to you. My role is really about trying to bring our native wildlife back into our urban centre, so back into the city. So in the past, you know, a lot of ecology has been about, you know, doing it out in the back blocks, out in the Docker State, right. out in the large regional parks, and that is still hugely important. But there is more of a, a movement now around the world to actually realising that about 75 percent of our population around the world lives in cities yes. and if we're able to actually move things forward in terms of conservation we need to enable those people to have interactions with our indigenous wildlife as well so part of my role is about yeah you're sort of planting and creating safe places so that those birds so that the lizards can actually come back into our suburbs and come back into our city and people can get to enjoy them great no wonder why you love your job so I would have thought that um in, you know it was a bit of an oxymoron as you were just saying though to have you know, for an urban area to have an ecologist, is this so? Is this a new thing that's kind of starting to to happen in Wellington? 
It, it is a bit more of a new thing, yeah, yeah. And it is new around around the country and around the world as well, as I say, about people realising you can have these sorts mm. of things within an urban environment. Um, and we're particularly lucky here in Wellington because we've got such fantastic bones, thanks to the foresight of the people who set up the city, things like the town belt and the outer green belt and the reserve network. And then you look at our harbour as well. Mm. So we're so well resourced in terms of the areas. And so we've got lots of areas we can actually bring a lot of these animals into and then of course we've got places like Zealandia which is reintroducing all these amazing rare and threatened species into Wellington which are then spreading out so the fact that we've got an urban sanctuary in the heart of our city as well we are we are very spoiled here. yes yes we are and and just on a global scale then I mean we're all quite used to having this amazing and, and you know I was saying to um lovely Tony who came in with the Kereru project that um there was a point where we were planting flax to get the tui and now I'm almost saying be quiet you guys are too rowdy but I mean Wellington is so unique like that but we we are are we taking it for granted well, I don't know. I don't know. I was saying to someone recently that when I first moved to Wellington, so I've been here around 10 years now, wow. um, it still used to be the fact that if you're walking down the street in the Tui in a Pudakawa, people would stop and look at yes, them. And right. now, actually, you see the Tui and people basically pass by because they've come quite commonplace. Yeah. I'm sort of going, oh, is that a problem? But you know that if the Tui went missing, there'd be an instant uproar. So just because people aren't sort of stopping and just because you say, Cooling oh, Tui, over. be quiet, yeah. they did go. <laughs> Go away! I, I really think that they are actually—they're now part of us and part of our sense of place in Wellington. So I think that is is just fantastic, and I do see more and more of the native birds as their populations increase. Um, yes. Finding a similar place in our hearts, I suppose. Yes, definitely. Now, we had a bit of a win recently, which you were talking about, like like quite a big win in the in the native bird area. Can you share with our listeners what, what's happened there? Yeah, so just recently, um, we found a saddleback nest in one of our local reserves. So it's one of those reserves that's adjoining Zealandia. So that's one wow. of the species I was talking about, that Zealandia reintroduced mm. and numbers have built up there, and they're now spreading out to find extra habitat. So saddleback back it's one of our threatened species they haven't bred on the mainland outside of a fenced area that we know of in over a hundred years so the fact that these sorts of birds are now actually within our reserves and that people can just on their way to work you know a lot of people cycle to work through Pole Hill Gully yes. and they can actually have that bush experience and they can see Saddleback and we've also got North Island Robins and Kakariki and Kaka and those reserves I mean where else can you do that it's, it's quite phenomenal. Um, if, if I wouldn't jiggle the microphone I would be doing a little happy dance <laughs> because um, one hundred years for the saddleback that is miraculous yeah well yeah. done all the crew at Zealandia that's amazing yeah. yeah and we've got amazing community groups working around the place as well who are helping yes. to look after that nest now so I mean that's the other thing it's one thing to get the birds out there nesting and then it's another thing to try and make sure that those nests are safe and those birds can actually successfully fledge and survive so th- that's one of our as you said before one of our bigger challenges at the moment right yes yes there's all the rest of it so just talking about the community groups like you, you were mentioning quite a phenomenal number when we chatted the other day of community groups that Wellington actually has. Yeah, yeah. We've got um, around 90 groups working in 112 sites around the city now. Wow. So uh, when I started... Well done, Wellington. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. When I started 10 years ago, we had 12 groups. Oh, my gosh. And, and there doesn't seem to be any sort of sign of, of a decrease or a plateauing. We've got this fantastic community who 
who are out there, you know, doing the planting and doing the pest control and looking after the area and really having that sense of ownership over our open spaces, which is something we're just so proud of. Yeah, I, I am. I'm beaming from ear to ear. And um, so does Wellington then, do we have a conservation vision? We do. We do have a conservation vision. Um, it's largely, actually, I'm rewriting our biodiversity <laughs> oh, strategy at the moment. I do that. <laughs> Quite a hot topic for you then. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, to, to relook at what our vision is actually going to be over the next 10 years, um, and that's going to be out for public consultation. Right, Put a okay, little plug so in early to, next year. Got to go through the process. Um, yeah, yeah, got to go through the process. But but where we're heading now is we've done so much protection and restoration and sort of gathering information to, to I guess, establish where we are. And now where we want to head is really a lot about further research about working out what's happening in the urban environment because a lot of research around our indigenous biodiversity has happened out on you know, dock estates right. for example and so trying to pick up that research and put it in the middle of an urban context like for example you know rat monitoring um, and that sort of thing it, it's quite complicated so we need to do a lot of research we need to work with a lot of our partners like the community group right. and other partners like Dock and Greater Wellington who are working in this space and we also need to make sure that the community not just our community groups but the wider community is engaged with as well. So there's a lot about the concept of mainstreaming biodiversity, making sure that, that people even in the central city you know, environment can see and hear and feel it. Mm. And that um, yeah, basically it, it's everywhere, it's all around us and it becomes part of our yeah, p- part of our being, an integral part of ourselves. So I guess that's sort of our, our ultimate vision is that we want to enable everybody out there to feel as though our native plants and animals are a part of them and a part of who they are and celebrate that and therefore want to assist with all the protection and restoration all the other amazing stuff that goes on. Great vision. I can see that. And quite achievable for Wellington, you know. And, yeah. and like you say, we're already living it and breathing it and it's part of our daily lives. And I know many Wellingtonians love the greenness of, of our city and so that just comes part part and parcel. Yeah, absolutely. Even the people who are just looking at the town belt outside of their window, even the people who aren't actually accessing it, it's still really important to them and, and we get that feeling very strongly whenever we talk to the community. Yeah, great, great. Oh, exciting. T- and it's funny, isn't it, because we're in the most challenging times in a way. And so what, just in terms of challenges, is Wellington really, what, what are one of the things that maybe people can really start to be aware of and make an action with yeah, well, as we've talked about, one of our big challenges is around predator control and realising yeah. that we've got control that happens within our reserves network, um, but also people, you know, doing stuff in their own private land in their own backyards and assisting yes. to that bigger picture. Um, we also have lots of challenges around the fact that we are within an urban environment. So we have buildings and we have windows, which window strike for the kiddo is an issue. Right. We have cars, we have, um, you know, all of our roads and all of those, a lot of things that contribute to uh, pollution in our streams. And, yes, you know, so yes. we do have a lot of impacts as humans on the environment so we've got a lot of challenges around that but the other flip side of that is because we're an urban environment we've got so many people that we can you know sort of bring on board and engage mm. them in the journey and try and get them you know to sort of do the right behaviors instead so challenges but also opportunities at the same time good good nice work um just a quick one before we go into a listener asked what your views are on Rata versus Pahutakawa for Wellington. <laughs> that was a bit of insider information, but it's a good good question. It is. It is a good question. Some people may not know that uh, Pahutakawa is actually native to the northern part of the North Island, and the Rata, northern Rata, is actually our local. 
our local tree. Within our reserves networks, we only plant rata. We don't plant Bahutakawa because they can hybridise and we are aware there's an issue. The other side of that is that we we sometimes struggle in Wellington given our slightly, um, maybe not quite so tropical climate at times and our strong yes. winds. And so in terms of trees that grow in places like the streetscape where you've got small tree pits, uh, that's where a lot of the planting of was actually came from because was and Norfolk pines are two of the species that... Um, right that were able to survive in that sort of environment. So I guess my viewpoint at the moment is that, you know, we'll we'll keep the Pahutakawas out of all our reserves, out of all of our special areas. We'll plant the northern rata there and increasingly northern rata in other areas, but also recognising that the Pahutakawa, not only do they add a sense of place, people are very attached to them and it's better they're attached to a Pahutakawa than to nothing. Um, And at the moment they are also providing a food source and a type of habitat for a lot of the birds as they travel through the city. So they have a function, but we do see a bit of of gradual replacement in certain areas of Pahutakawa to Rata. I planted a Pahutik, uh, Rata sorry, at a very old flat and it's still, it's actually <laughs> taking over the house. So <laughs> it's a very big baby. Yes, <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm very proud of her. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick, quick, one more quick question. What do you love about living in Wellington and what do you think we should work hard to hold on to? Yeah, well, what I love living in Wellington, it really is that, that access to the outdoors. It's, it's mm. that bones of the city and what we have in there. So I love the fact, you know, I work at council down by Civics Square. I love the fact that you know within five minutes of the office, I can be down by the waterfront where we have you know orca chasing stingray into Frankett's lagoon, and we have pods of dolphins coming through the harbour, and then up on you know the town belt areas where we've got kaka breeding, and we've got falcons, and we've got tui coming into the central city to feed on the flax. Yes. And the fact that everybody's sort of so we're so connected, and it is that urban environment, but but there is such a natural feel I think to the city, and yes. that just yeah that really really excites me which is why I'm still here 10 years on <laughs> same I, th- I think we've all got kind of kind of sucked into that and, yeah. and um, just what would you suggest to people to celebrate at an event they could go to for cons- to celebrate conservation week yeah well the one big event that we're involved in for conservation week is pest fest great so pest fest is going to be held at Waitangi Park from 9am to 3pm on Sunday so that's this Sunday great and if you bring along a weed from your garden we will give you a free native plant and you can also learn how to get rid of some of those um, pesky predators we were talking about before. So it's going to be quite a bit of fun, I think. Okay, that sounds great, Mifam. We thank you, and that saved me from reading it out. So I'm glad <laughs> you bought that one. Um, there are many things on this weekend, but I would like to say the need for tweed uh, cycle from uh, by, held by Bicycle Junction, 2pm down at Island Bay, cycling into the Little Bear Quarter, and the Go Green Festival on at TSB Arena, 8th and 9th, Saturday, Sunday. Mifan, we thank you so much for coming in today. That was most enlightening. And bringing your gecko friends. No problem at all. It was lovely. Yeah, really good for us to understand what's going on. And I love that vision.